0: Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not be hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. John six thirty five. Again therefore Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John eight twelve. 12 I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and will find pasture. John ten nine. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John ten eleven. 11 Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will still live even if he dies. John eleven twenty five. 25 Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. I am the true vine, and my Father is the farmer. John 15, 1. Welcome back. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast, From heaven to Eternity. In Hebrew, the word hevel means vapor or mist, something that seems attainable but can never satisfy, like smoke slipping through your fingers. This podcast aims to shift our focus from worldly things toward Jesus our Savior. During the Christmas season when there are so many distractions, I know that I sometimes need to hit reset on my focus. Later this week, a lot of people will be celebrating Christmas. This year in particular, things might look different for many people. But we should be sure to keep Jesus front and center through all of these crazy circumstances. This week I want to focus two episodes on the names of Jesus. The first episode will focus on the seven I Am statements that Jesus gives about himself in the book of John. The second will focus on a larger collection of 200 plus names given to Jesus throughout the Old and New Testaments. Instead of going through every one, however, I'm going to group them into categories of names and traits and walk through those categories. So what are these seven I am verses of Jesus that I'm referring to? Well the Gospel according to John documents Jesus making seven statements about himself. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Each of these statements has significance. They each tell us something about who Jesus is, and we'll examine each in a little bit of detail. However, these statements also make a collective statement about Jesus, so we'll touch on that too. Then we'll close out with Jesus making an authoritative claim to divinity when he says, Most certainly I tell you. Before Abraham came into existence, I am. Jesus answered them, Most certainly I tell you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food which perishes, but for the food which remains to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For God the Father has sealed him. They said therefore to him, What must we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. They said therefore to him, What then do you do for a sign that we may see and believe? What work do you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus therefore said to them, Most certainly I tell you, it wasn't Moses that gave you the bread out of heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. They said therefore to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not be hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. John six twenty six through 35 So we see in the Exodus, the Passover, the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, and at the Last Supper, that bread provides for both the physical and spiritual needs of God's people. An overview of the Old Testament plays this out, and the biblical authors in the New Testament keep it going. Yet each of these things are merely pointing to the true bread of life. Jesus takes this idea, pairs it with having just miraculously fed the 5,000 people, and then he pronounces that he is the bread of life that does not perish and that leads to eternal life. In Greek, a phrase like bread of life could refer to bread that is living or to bread that gives life. Both of these applications are appropriate for Jesus. He is the living bread, and he is the bread that gives life. So at the start of this chapter, Jesus performed a miracle. He fed more than 5,000 people with a few fish and a couple loaves of bread. After seeing him turn a can of tuna fish and a box of bisquick into a massive buffet, the people were excited. They wanted a king like this, a king who could overthrow Roman rule and give them everything that they wanted in this world. Jesus flips this thought process by refocusing their attention from the perishable material things he could give, and he turns that focus toward the gift of eternal life that only he could provide. You could say that he aims to take their attention away from the hevel of this world and point it upward toward an eternal aim, from hevel to eternity. All of this begs the question that we need to meditate on this time of year. How often during the Christmas season do we get caught up looking toward material comforts and physical sustenance instead of refocusing on everlasting spiritual food and divine blessings, instead of refocusing on the only person that can provide those, Jesus? Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but he will have the light of life. John 8, verse 12. The next I am statement of Jesus continues a theme that runs through the entire Bible, but comes into special focus in the book of John. Jesus, the Messiah, is also the light of the world. Psalm twenty-seven, one says, Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? John 1 verses 4 and 5 say, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hasn't overcome it. In the Bible, this light is also the bringer of salvation and of eternal life for those who believe and follow him. This light idea is also pointing forward toward Jesus' second coming in radiant glory. Isaiah chapter 60 verses 19 and 20 say, The sun shall be no more your light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light to you, but Yahweh will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall be no more go down, neither shall your moon withdraw itself, for Yahweh will be your everlasting light and the days of your mourning shall be ended. And then in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, the city has no need for the sun, neither of the moon to shine, for the very glory of God illuminated it, and its lamp is the lamb. These are amazing statements about who Jesus is, but Jesus doesn't stop at declaring his being the light of the world. In other places, he then commands his followers to be lights in the world also. We are called to reflect some of that light that Jesus illuminates. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Christmas is a season of lights, right? Lights on the tree, in our windows, and strung around your house. To quote Azarita Chuchu's book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, It's easy to allow commercial light pollution to drown out the shining light within us. So this week, in what ways can we better reflect the light of the world to the world around us? Jesus therefore said to them again, Most certainly I tell you, I am the sheep's door. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and will find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. John 10, verses 7-10. through Here starts two back-to-back I am statements of Jesus. The first is that he is the door. He is the only way to enter into the kingdom where you can find abundant life. Some translations might have gate here instead of door, and that's fine too. It's still getting the same point across. This statement of Jesus being the gate for the sheep often gets lost or confused with the next I am statement, that Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep. Don't get too perplexed though. They are separate statements, but just for situational awareness, In the ancient Middle East, sheep were often housed in a pen, and it would have been normal for a shepherd of those sheep to sleep at the gate of the pen to regulate entry and exit from the pen. As we will discuss in the next section, Jesus is the shepherd, but he is also the gate. He alone regulates who enters into the kingdom, and he will be the barrier that protects his own. If this Christmas season you find yourself getting so caught up in trying to be a good person in trying to pry open that doorway to heaven through deeds or good works, or if you're struggling with why this whole Jesus-following thing really matters, meditate on this section of scripture. I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and will find pasture. This is similar to to a very familiar psalm. Psalm 23 states, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and flees. The wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand flees because he is a hired hand and doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and I'm known by my own. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. John 10 verses 11 through 15. Jesus, as good shepherd, might be one of the most well-known of the I Am statements in the book of John. It is yet another clear claim of Jesus' divinity. He is God and can do what only God can do. Ezekiel 34 is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. The chapter starts with God through the prophet, taking the leaders of Israel to task. They were wicked shepherds who fed on the sheep, used them for personal gain, and allowed them to be scattered. Then God pivots toward his plan to rescue his sheep. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I myself, even I, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered abroad, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Ezekiel 34, 11 and 12. I will seek that which was lost, and will bring back that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Ezekiel thirty-four sixteen. Then the passage culminates in verses 23 and 24. I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. I, Yahweh, will be their God, and my servant David, Prince among them. I, Yahweh, have spoken it. So God's plan to rescue his lost sheep is not left to the leaders of men. It is left in the hands of the good shepherd from the line of David, who would himself be God with his people. Psalm 23 that I mentioned in the last section, it actually starts, Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. Do you rest in that statement? This week, which has become synonymous with giving and receiving, are you meditating on Jesus as your shepherd, the provider of everything you need, the one who laid down his life for his sheep? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will still live, even if he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, God's Son, he who comes into the world. John 11, verses 25 through 27. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. This passage occurs right after Jesus has just literally raised Lazarus from the dead. But that isn't its focus. Yes, Jesus physically and miraculously raised people from the dead. But as the perfectly obedient Son of God, who did not deserve to die a sinner's death, Jesus endured death on the cross, yet could not be held by it. Through Jesus, death was defeated. He was resurrected from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father until he comes again. Through faith in him, we get to partake in this resurrection from death to life. We become co-heirs with Jesus. We receive an eternity with our Savior reunited in our relationship with God. This statement in John chapter 11 ties Jesus directly with eternal life, but also with being God himself, as raising his people to life is a divine trait. Just after a story of dry bones being raised to life in the Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 13 and 14, declare, You shall know that I am Yahweh, when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, Yahweh, have spoken it and performed it, says Yahweh. Oswald Chambers, in his devotional, My Upmost for His Highest, titles this passage in John, Intimate Theology. Chambers says, In intimate personal belief, I commit myself spiritually to Jesus Christ and make a determination to be dominated by him alone. Then when I stand face to face with Jesus Christ and he says to me, Do you believe this? I find that faith is as natural as breathing, and I am staggered when I think how foolish I have been not trusting him earlier. The question that Jesus asks the woman is just as applicable to every one of us today. Whoever lives and believes in Jesus will never die. Do you believe this? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, verses 5 and 6. Do you ever feel like you're lost? Like you're searching for something that you can't find? For truth that seems elusive? Do the things you fill your life with never seem to satisfy? Are they mere hevel? In this statement, Jesus wants to redirect our search through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Through Jesus, we can find purpose and meaning and peace here on earth in ways never imaginable before. In John 14, Thomas asked Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus' response should fill us with confidence. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice that Jesus doesn't tell Thomas where he's going or tell Thomas the way. He just says, I am the way. As Paul David Tripp notes, with these words, he ends our need to search. He is life, so there is no need to look for it anywhere else. In this Christmas season, can you find confidence in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to God the Father? If you can, then can you use that confidence to inspire boldness this week, to share that purpose and that meaning and that peace with others? Jesus, the only path to eternal life. I am the true vine, and my Father is the farmer. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already pruned clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. As the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him, the same bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. John 15, verses 1-5 To fully grasp the proclamation of Jesus being the true vine, we have to first jump back to the book of Isaiah. In the song of the vineyard found in Isaiah 5, Israel is a choice vine planted in fertile soil that fails to produce good fruit, but instead it produces wild grapes. The idea is that Israel did not fulfill their role as the vine of Yahweh. They were not obedient and they broke their covenant with God. Jesus is obedient does fulfill the Messiah's role and is saying, I am the true vine, where Israel and humanity may have failed, I have not. More than that, God's people are no longer defined by their heritage, but by their association with Jesus as the true vine. This is how Paul in the book of Romans can pick up the vine statement, saying that Israel may have been part of the choice vine, but that through Israel's failures, the Gentiles have now been made Way a way to graft in. All who believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior are tied into Jesus, the true vine, the only way to God the Father. If you are a Christian, then spend some time this week recognizing Jesus is the true vine. We are his branches. He is the source of our life, and we bear good fruit through his sending of the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, we see Jesus uttering an I am statement 23 times in the book of John. As John MacArthur notes, in several of these, he joins his I am with seven tremendous metaphors that are expressive of his saving relationship toward the world. These statements all have meaning and richness by themselves, but when studied together, that can provide an amazing portrait of Jesus as the bread of life, the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, the life, and the true vine. Jesus is greater than anything we could look to in this world, and his name is above all other names in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And his use of the choice I am language should be hyperlinked back to the revealing of the covenant name of the Lord to Moses at the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and tell them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? What should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, You shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent you, me to you. This I am language for God continues in the book of Isaiah. Who has worked and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Yahweh, the first and with the last, I am He. Isaiah 41.4 You are my witnesses, says Yahweh, with my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither will there be after me. I myself am Yahweh. Besides me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43, 10 and 11. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Isaiah 43, 25. And then, if you're not convinced enough of the connection between the seven I am statements of Jesus and the covenant name of Yahweh's I am in Exodus, Jesus makes it pretty clear in John eight fifty eight. Jesus said to them, Most certainly I tell you, Before Abraham came into existence, I am. As Thomas Schreiner notes, for Jesus to appropriate I am statements and apply them to himself is nothing short of astonishing. He is clearly identifying himself as God. If anybody wants to argue that point, they have to look no further than later in that chapter of John, because right after Jesus declares that before Abraham came into existence, I am, The people wanted to execute him for blasphemy. The people in that chapter knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the great I am, savior of his people. And Jesus alone is the sovereign king who reigns over an everlasting kingdom. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you haven't done so, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast through a provider like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Thursday, I'll drop another podcast focusing on additional names for Jesus found in the Bible. I'm trying to release a new Names of Jesus video this week also, so be on the lookout for that on our YouTube channel. Until next time, I love y'all.